L let me just share with you part three, the life giver. And we're speaking of Jesus Christ, the life giver. When we say words like the life giver, um, I, I would like to maybe do something momentarily interactive. Uh, when I say life giver, what comes to your mind? Is there something that comes immediately to your mind? I can't hear you. Jesus Christ comes immediately to your mind. Uh, what else comes to your mind? Living water. Living water? Living water comes to your mind. You, you, you drink of this living water and, and what it is you become. Something eternal. Something eternal comes to your mind. Life giver. We're not talking about biological life. Biological life you have right now. But so when we say life giver, we're talking about something eternal. We're talking about something from another realm that has invaded time and space and has come here and it's positioned itself. So in this, in this story of John chapter 10, I want to take up in verse 27 and recap just a little bit. Uh, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. You, if you've lived any time, you felt like God had abandoned you. I, I, I think almost all of us have felt something, if not that, something similar. Like, God, are you angry with me? God, what's wrong? Why all these issues and problems? And one reason I, I wrote the, the article that our sister Jadida so wonderfully read, I, I wrote that article based on the fact that Paul discovered something that I want all of us to discover and, and, and maintain or hold on to, and that is when we are weak, then that is the perfect opportunity for God's power, God's grace to rest upon you when you are weak. But when you are strong, you got it. You know, you, you've got it by yourself. So we, but in our natural man, our, our humanity, we tend to look down on people who are weak. We tend to think, oh, you are weak. And we think that human strength is what is to be desired, but not so. Not so at all. Paul discovered that when, you, when you've got it, you say to God, I got this, he let, he'll let you have it. And, and that's what our problem generally is. It's not our weakness or, or being feeble. That is, I have no confidence in my ability to keep doing this thing. It's you, Jesus. It's you. You are, are going to get me through this hour. You will get me through this moment. That's what Jesus wants us to know. And if you and I would yield ourselves and stop trying to save face with the world, I mean, don't do that. But yield ourselves and say, I can't do this without you. I need you every hour. You know that song? I, I, I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour. I need him every minute. And nothing wrong with the song, but I need him every minute. And that's how you and I should live moment by moment depending on Jesus. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. So Jesus knows you. When you feel alone and lonely, I've taught here that aloneness is something that we must deal with in our life. Aloneness, that is feeling by yourself. Oh, I'm in this by myself. So when you deal with that, you learn how to give these things to the Lord Jesus. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. We've always tried to teach you Follow the Lord. Follow the Lord. Whatever God says, 
do, it, do that. And one way we follow the Lord is not by uh, some sense of feeling we have in and of ourselves, but we follow the Lord by knowing his word. We follow the Lord by being in fellowship with one another. We follow the Lord by having received the Holy Spirit. And now when he's, God speaks, Jesus speaks, we know his voice. You know, I, I was, I've said to several of you, no matter where I, I where, it doesn't matter where I would be, whether, if I, whether I was in New York or whatever, if I heard your voice, I would know it was you. I, I wouldn't know my vo wife's voice anywhere. I don't think anybody could mimic her voice and fool me. I, I was talking to a brother recently, and I shared with you. He's a, 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 one of my older brothers here at the church. And uh, the way he walks, I said, man, I would know you anywhere. Yeah, I could see you from behind. I wouldn't have to see any part. I could just see that walk. I would know it was you. And Jesus is saying, I know you that way. I know, I know when you feel right. I know when you don't. I know, I know when you're in trouble and you don't want to say anything. I know how you walk. I can distinguish you if it were a million people, if there were a million people and you were only you, I would know you out of that. So Jesus knows us intimately and we must never let that go. Jesus knows me. Someone wrote a song, uh, he knows my name. Is that right? God knows my name. God knows my name. What a wonderful revelation and understanding. God knows us. Now, many of us have an intellectual understanding that God knows us. That's not good enough. I'm not talking about an intellectual understanding. I'm not talking about an intellectual, as it were, relationship with God. I'm talking about something from the inside, spirit to spirit, breast to breast, heart to heart. That's how we are to know the Lord. And in these times in which we live, we need to know him more so. <clears throat> Sometimes I've seen brothers who, who would leave a church rather than conform to the Word of God. They were looking for something and they thought they could please God through the natural. But you and I cannot please God through the natural. We please God through the Spirit. Jesus says in verse 28, and I give them eternal life. That is, he gives all of his sheep eternal life. You will not have eternal life once you get to heaven, you have eternal life right now. You have eternal life right now, and that eternal life will continue. If you did not have eternal life now, when you die, that would be it for you. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. This is eternal life. God has given you eternal life. Now, I don't know. I, sometimes I wonder if I'm just some kind of a kid, you know, in an older body. Because I get so excited about the fact that I have eternal life, that Jesus loves me, that, that even when I understand, don't understand, he loves me. When I understand, it's not better than when I don't understand, he still loves me. And he loves you too. And he has already given you his life, himself. Jesus died to give you himself. That's so huge. That is so huge. Those are perhaps small things, but they are huge. They're big. And so Jesus says, I give them in eternal life. That's not all. I mean, that, that's really powerful. And he says, and he, he sort of uh, doubles down and says, they shall never, and they shall never perish. I give you my sheep eternal life, and they shall never perish. Now, Jesus is, is marching or, or going towards something even more profound. This is so profound, I, it's, it's amazing to think that uh, he could be even more. Now, listen to what he says. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. 
So this is what Jesus wants us to understand. He is saying, nobody is able to snatch my sheep from me. Now, now he speaks about uh, this in contrast to the hireling in this story in John chapter 10. There's a hireling who doesn't own the sheep. He doesn't care about the sheep. And, and Jesus says that when the wolf comes, the wolf can snatch them from that guy. So if you are following a man and not God, you can follow people. I mean, I think that you're following me, and, uh, but I, I follow the Lord. So if you see me not following the Lord, you need to get out of the way. Because, but it's not going to happen because I'm his sheep. It's not going to happen because I've given, Jesus gave his life for me, and now his life is in me. But there are some people who are perpetrating, and you will know them. You'll know them. And so here Jesus says that you will never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. I know in, in my maturation, as Pastor Bird was talking about maturation earlier, in my maturation process, there were times when I wondered if somehow the devil is going to get me. I don't know about you. Maybe you've never had a deep trial. Maybe you've, you've never felt uncertain. Maybe you've never felt like you were on shaky ground. But I have in my walk with the Lord. You see, being a believer is not one. I'm fearless. I believe God. I'm fearless. That's, that's not really the case. Yeah, I've had fear, but I walked on in spite of my fear. I had to trust God in the midst of my fear. And now as, as I grow older, I'm not afraid of it. That's how Jesus works. You know, that's how courage, that's what courage looks like. And so Jesus says, he makes a promise to you. He says, I'll give you eternal life. Firstly, he says, you will hear my voice. I know you and you will follow me. I give you eternal life. You will never perish. Neither shall anyone or anything snatch you out of my hand. Then he says in verse 29, my father who get, who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch grab them, snatch them out of my father's hand. He says nobody is able to catch them or sneeze, uh, seize them or, or pluck them or take them by force. That's big. That, that's big. This is the life of Jesus for us. This is the life of Jesus in us. No one can, no one can snatch you from the Lord. In verse 12 of the same chapter, he, Jesus says, But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches or snatches the sheep and scatters them. But Jesus is, is saying he, he is running because he is a hireling and he doesn't care for the sheep. And he's trying to save his own life. Don't follow somebody who's trying to save their own life. He says, I give my life for the sheep. And this is what Jesus wants to do. He wants to, to comfort us. He wants to encourage us that, that the times will not get so dark that you, want, you will wonder, well, what's going on? What's going on in this world? I ask the question, but I also have the answer. We are marching relentlessly to a culmination of things. We're coming to the end of things. 
And the, the Bible has already predicted, told us that, that perilous times will come. Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. So don't say, don't ever say, well, I don't believe that men are worse. I just believe uh, uh, we just know more about it. No, the Bible says it will grow worse and worse. And so you and I are living in that particular day. So we need to know that, that no one can snatch us from the Lord. And, and don't ever say things like this, and I've said this to you at least 50 times. Don't say, I don't know what to believe. Yeah, have mercy. Why? Why? If you now are made able to hear the voice of the Lord, and the Lord now hears your voice, if the, when the righteous cry out, God hears them. God has declared us righteous uh, judicially as the judge hits the, the desk with a gavel and says, you're righteous. And then through the process of sanctification, he makes us righteous. So not only is righteousness a declared, a judicial decision that has been declared by the God who cannot lie. Hallelujah. Not only is that. Now God, in his amazing ability, has the power and ability to now make you righteous through sanctification. This is big for me. This is big. So, so Jesus wants us to know something that's very powerful. He says, no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And on verse 30, he comes and he comes on, on on the heels of that statement, he says to those people who are trying to kill him, he says, I and my father are one. What an, an emphatic statement. Why does Jesus say this? So we'll have something to read in the Bible and just, yeah, that's interesting. No, he wants you to know that. He wants this to be embedded in you. He wants, he wants this to be like my uncle who would drive the nail so far in. He says, boy, I don't want that nail to ever come out. He said, if that nail is in there too deep, I can plaster over it. But if it comes out, it's a problem. Never forget. It's amazing. Let me show you how great God is. Here's a young boy helping his uncle out uh, do some carpentry work, you know, because I was promised to be paid. <laughs> but God was teaching me an, a, a lesson that I have never forgotten. And so neither will the word of God back out. So God has fixed his word. So when he drives his word in you, it stays there. I know there are people who say, well, no, that's not possible, that, that, that you've got to do these things. You've got to do this and you've got to do that. And you gotta... I don't believe that. I don't believe you've got to do anything. You can't save yourself. There was no help for us in the earth realm. There was no help for us in the whole universe, as it were. God, on the outside of creation, came from outside creation and came into creation with a solution. You and I have been given the solution to every problem. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He is our solution. And you say, well, Pastor, I know that. You said this, you know, this time and that time. Well, I'm going to say it again because you're going to need it. You're going to need it. You're going to need these days are very critical days. So when Jesus says, I and my Father are one, they, the, the, the Jewish people, the Pharisees, knew that Jesus was saying that I am God's own son. I am his son. I am his personal son that, that God brought me. He engendered me. God the Father, Yahweh, engendered me. Wow. 
Wow. And John, uh, John the, the beloved, tells us that you and I have been brought forth by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. So I'm telling you, um, this is amazing. So, so God uh, brought Jesus forth by the Holy Spirit overshadowing the Virgin Mary. He overshadowed her. He overshadowed her and miraculously placed in her womb the Logos, the Word of God. And he tells us too, you too, like Jesus, have been brought forth by the incorruptible seed of what? The Word of God. Oh, wow. This is amazing. As he is, so are we in this world. So God wants you to know that. Know that you know that you know. I, I, I've told you from time to time, I, I have two older brothers. I had two older brothers, and uh, only one is now with me. I had two older brothers, and one of them was just tough as nails, and one of them wasn't scared of anything. And they weren't bad guys in the neighborhood. They weren't at all like that. Uh, they, were, they were just strong, and nobody was going to mess with little brother. And so I, it gave me a particular comfort um, because I knew I've got two big brothers. And uh, it gives me greater comfort to know that I have a, an elder brother who is the, the, the son of God. He is my elder brother. Let me tell you a little bit about my elder brother. My elder brother defeated all the host of hell, a myriad of fallen angels by himself. My elder brother, he tread the wine press by himself. He didn't have angelic help. That's my older brother. I want to tell you a little bit about him because I absolutely love my older brother. He loved me more than he loved himself. He took my sin upon him. He took my punishment upon him. He took the wrath of God upon him. It wasn't his. It was mine, and he took it. That's my elder brother. He bore the wrath of God. I love my older brother. My older brother. My elder brother always pleased God the Father. Always, every day, every moment, in thought, in word, and in deed, he always pleased. I just want to be like my older brother. I want to be like my elder brother. He's a life giver. My elder brother wanted me to have life and have it so abundantly that he died to give me his own life. That's my elder brother. And you and I are going to need our elder brother more and more. Church being here is not about going through some ritualistic exercise. It's about a relationship. We have the life giver, and he's not exterior to us. He is now living inside us. He lives in our heart. He lives in our heart. Let me go for, come talk a little bit more. And so Jesus, they, the, the, verse 31 says, Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. They kept trying to, to stone Jesus. I think there were about a, 10 or 11 attempts on his life before the cross. But what does this tell you? That there were all these attempts on Jesus' life. What does it tell you? It tells me, it informs me that until the Lord is ready, that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. It doesn't matter how they plot, how they plan. Nothing is going to happen to me outside the will of God. And, it, and nothing is going to happen to you 
outside the will of God. So Jesus says, answer them, many good works I've shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? Jesus, the Jews answered him saying, for a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself God. They were talking to God. They were talking to God in the flesh. They were talking to the Logos, the word of God, the thoughts of God. And Jesus answered them. Now, now they're going to talk to him about what he said, misconstruing the word of God. So in verse 34, Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law, I said you are God? Now notice what he says. Is it not written in your law, I said? You are God's? I told you, you are small G-O-D-S. Now listen to what he says. If he, Yahweh, called them God's, and Jesus has just told them, I and my Father are one. And so if Father says it, Jesus says it, and he says here, if he called them God to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, do you, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not do the works of my Father, and, and before I go to that, Jesus is saying to them, your own scripture our scriptures are not in agreement with you. You say you believe these scriptures and you don't believe them because God has spoken to you and you are disavowing him. And Jesus goes on to say, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. And that should be our testimony as well. We shouldn't say, as the bishop said this morning, Bishop uh, Jonathan said this morning, you know, saying, well, I'm not perfect. I, 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 I'm just a human. That's a, let me just say, that's crazy. That, that's nutty. Here you are born of the Spirit, and now you're claiming some old relationship with the earth? I, I no. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so, no, I am different. And, and Jesus is saying this as well. He says, if I don't do, do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know. Now, what is Jesus saying? He's saying, if you are having a problem uh, believing me, believe the works. You know, what did the blind man say in John chapter 9? when the Pharisees kept interrogating him. And you will be interrogated too. You will be belittled. But this blind man who had never seen, the Pharisees kept asking him, how, did you, how do you see? He said, well, he said, this man named Jesus uh, anointed my, my eyes with some mud, spit in the mud, and, and said, go wash. I went to wash and I see. We know this man is a sinner. We know, uh, we know Moses. We're Moses' disciple, and we know where Moses came from. But this man, we don't know where he came from. And so this blind man said, this, this man, blind man just got saved. He just got saved. Now, he just got saved. And he said, well, my, that sure, sure surprises me. 
that here's a man who opened my eyes. I was blind from birth, and he opened my eyes, and you don't know where he's from? Jesus is saying here, he says, if you, don't, if you have a problem with me, look at the works. And if you will look at the works, then you will know, you will know that I am who I say I am. He said, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I am in him. And so this man who just got saved knew more than the people who supposedly had already been saved. They didn't because they didn't receive the Savior. Now listen to what the Word of God says. Therefore, they sought to seize him, but he escaped out of their hands. So they wanted to seize Jesus. They, they thought they could snatch him. But their hands weren't strong enough to snatch him. And, and their hands aren't strong enough to snatch you. And the Bible says uh, they wanted to seize him because they didn't understand. They didn't want to understand. They refused the works of God. And this is what I ask you. You have received this life giver. So receive the works that he has done in front of you. He saved you. He gave you a desire to worship him and you had no desire. Don't ever come because of duress. You came because I promised somebody that, oh, I would go to church with them. And so I'm there, you know, I'm sitting down outside, but I'm standing up inside. Don't come for those reasons. You should come because Jesus Christ is the life giver. And when he gives you eternal life, he will never take it back. I grew up at church. I grew up in church. and My dad was a pastor. My mother helped him. I never wanted to be a pastor, but I wanted to work for God. And I've tried to run away from God. Maybe you're here today, and, and maybe you've never tried to run away, but I tried. I tried to run away from God when I was about 19 years old. And I look at young people when they're about 18 or 19, and I, I pray for them because it's, a, it's an age when you're like a child again. I do it myself. But that's not what God wants for you. He wants you to come to the life giver and allow him to give you life. Let me tell you one of the saddest stories that, that I've ever read in, in the Bible was when Jesus was in Capernaum. He was in a Galilee area, and he was telling uh, the, the crowd, his disciples and others, the Pharisees, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. You have no life in you. And some people say, that's ridiculous. But Jesus was telling them that. And so some of his disciples, because being Jewish, you know, cannibalism was just so offensive. And, and so they weren't thinking scripturally. And if you don't think scripturally, you will always think wrongly. If you don't think scripturally, you will always think wrongly. And so uh, they said to Jesus, this is a hard saying. We've got to eat your flesh and then drink your blood. I mean, wait a minute. But Jesus told them, the words that I speak to you, they, they are spirit in their life. And just like the words that I'm speaking now, they're spirit in their life. And if you will allow the Lord, he will, he will take these spirit words and he will make them real in you. And something will happen inside you that you can't get rid of. It's almost like it's inside you, but you can't locate it to find it to throw it away. And that's what God will do for you. And, and 70 of Jesus' disciples, the Bible says, they, they turned their back and walked no more with him. I believe if God has you here, he has you here for a purpose.
And you don't want to live life purposeless. You don't want to be purpose, purposeless living a life. You don't want to live life on your own terms. You don't want to be the kind of person you're stubborn and you know what you know. Don't be that way. But yield yourself to God. We are living in terrible times, not only here in America, but all over the world. All over the world. And, and God has given you eyes to see and ears to hear. But not just naturally, but to hear the voice of the Spirit. And I believe that he is pleading with somebody here right now. I believe that God is saying through Jesus Christ, I want to give you life. And I want to give you life abundantly, more abundantly. And when he means more abundantly, it is super abundant. So much that nothing can overcome that life. And God will give you life that doubt, fear, unbelief, or any trial or temptation will not be able to snuff that life. There are those of us here, our, that life may seem to be just a small, tiny little flame. It may have just seemed to just be just a tiny flame. But it could not be blown out by the enemy. So I want to say to you today, allow this amazing life giver to give you life. And I'm going to come back in just a moment and tell you a little bit more about it. I'm, I want you to think about it as the praise team sings and we'll come back. And I want to ask you to give yourself to Jesus or rededicate your life to him. We'll be back in a moment.